For the inaugural episode of this podcast, I've invited Miss Sabrina Naz, dancer, choreographer, teacher, filmmaker, and mentor. I've known Sabrina now for almost a decade, and she's the epitome of hard work gets it done. I've admired her for her work ethic, her hustle, her generosity, and of course, talent. She's here to share her personal journey to becoming a professional dancer, living in her values, and how her mother inspired her life's work. Okay, well, um, my name is Sabrina, and I'm from Calgary, Alberta. I'm a dancer, choreographer, uh, dance instructor, filmmaker. I'd say I'm a good person, too, at that. Um, yeah, Calgary-based artist. And where is your where is your family from? Like, where are the roots of your family? Because yeah. I feel like that's hugely influenced a lot of things that you're doing and getting your hands in. Yes. Yeah, so my mom is from Trinidad and Tobago, the beautiful, most southern island in the Caribbean, and my father is from Romania. So we'll mix up, mash up, going on. But yeah, like Caribbean culture, a big part of of my identity, my approach to art, all that is happening. You were sharing a little bit about your mom when we were offline, mm -hmm. um, but what's her, like, what's her history? When did she move here? Um, does she come from a big family of, of artists? Um, yeah, so, oh gosh, I wish I had, like, this date locked in as to when she actually came to Canada, but um, she does come from a big family. She's the last of 10, and... For sure, her brothers and her two sisters were very artistic. Um, some of the boys danced. A lot of them um, were drummers as well. And I like to say there's a lot of comedians outside of the family. But um, yeah, big family. And then when she came here, which is obviously more than 27 years ago, <laughs> hey um, she um, she brought that that vibe with her for sure, like you we were saying. So, so what yeah. was it like growing up for you as a little girl? Like, what are some of the memories of family? Um, some of the memories I have. Well, my parents they divorced when I was two, so I feel like okay. I really grew up in two, three different worlds because I have my Romanian European side, then the the Afro Caribbean household, and then. Canada school, right? So that was, um, it was diverse and eclectic, but still great, you know, full of love in every household. Um, but definitely like a, a balancing act growing up and trying to, to be a part of the culture and then also assimilate into Canadian culture. Um, a lot of art, a lot of dancing, right? My mom, um, she used to choreograph in this, in the Caribbees, which was like a, a, a Caribbean performing arts group in Calgary back in the day. And um, I would go with her and rehearse and be a part of the group growing up. And then on the weekends, go to church with my dad, like full Romanian Orthodox church. Like, it's pretty interesting. So crazy, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how old were you then when you were going to, you know, with your mom? Um, like, what? how old were you at this point? 
When I started going with her to those classes, it was about six. That's kind of when I started dancing. Yeah. You know, um, I always like to say that, like that was a form of childcare. Like she would just kind of bring me along. I come to her so while I teach. Okay, and then eventually I just jumped in and caught up. But it was so fun. It was, it was a sense of community, right? Like she, she's the last of ten. But she just came here on her own, so we didn't really have like a lot of that like blood relatives around. Um, so through that group, you know, I made a lot of like cousins and, and aunties and, and things like that. So it was fun. Yeah, that's like a little bit of Chinese culture too. Like any family, Anyone any family cousin. friend is an auntie yeah. and an uncle. Yeah. And no one really knows what their real names are. No, nope. say auntie number one. Yeah, auntie number two. Totally, totally, and that's so special. That like never changes in yeah. these cultures. Like it's okay, auntie so and so. That's fine. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh. So that would you say that was your that would be your earliest um, memory of of dancing as a as a kid? Totally, totally. Um, yeah, just learning Caribbean folk dance, like really. Um, Kind of got me on track to loving dances from from these islands, um, predominantly Trinidad, and and then uh, getting like a little bit of funk and hip hop in there. Like sometimes uh, she, my mom would be choreographing that section of the of the uh, show, but still that was really cool to kind of learn about um, like African American culture in Canada so young through different funk styles. That was interesting. But yeah, A6, the Caribbees, right in Bridgeland. That's where we started. So crazy, yeah, yeah. literally across the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Langevin Junior High and the cafeteria. Is that a shout out right now? Hey, <laughs> let's go science school. Did you know <laughs> that on the weekends you used to have uh, a Caribbean performing arts group rehearsing the cafeteria? Did you know? Did you know? Mm -hmm. Now they know. Mm -hmm. Now they know. So then where, how did you progress into, you know, um, going into more of a hobby when you were a little bit older? Like take us through that the journey, the timeline yeah. of, of, you know, being inspired by your mom mm -hmm. to being taken to these classes, had no idea that this was such a big part of who you were mm -hmm. and then really taking to it. And then what? Like, and then what was the kind of the journey? How, what, what was the journey? Um, well, so that was like elementary time. And then in junior high, um, shout out S Jam, Sir John A. McDonald. Um, I, like they had dance option. And I didn't know that what? You, can, you can go and take a dance class for real. So, um, I signed up for the dance option at SJAM and started to learn um, even like more styles like ballet and jazz. And so I really took a liking to it in, in junior high because I could just see how much more like diverse this art form really is. Um, and at home, my mother had been um, created her own performing arts group called Diversity Performing Arts Club of Calgary, which still goes on today, which I help teach. Um, 
And so I was really on the weekends involved with that. And we had like a lot of gigs and performances. So I think the passion really started to grow during like 13, 14, because um, I was getting like a taste of performance life um, at a really early age, but then also learning new styles in school. Um, and then in high school, I auditioned for uh, the PBA program at Central Memorial, Go Rams. And then um, I, I just loved it. It was, it was a little bit more serious. We were training at um, a higher level at SGM, at, sorry, at Central. And, um, and I was also on the basketball team. And so I say that to say, I had to make a choice. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do basketball and dance at the same time. So around grade 11 was when I, I made the choice that, okay, we're gonna do dance because I couldn't, I can't imagine my life without it. Mm. Um, and then, and then that was that was it. Like I was dance focused from from like grade 11 onward, and I met a bunch of different artists out in the community. Like uh, dance montage was a really big part. Of my life like from junior high onward like I snuck into those auditions like in grade nine or something and, and then kept dancing in those shows I could just I could just go on and on you know <laughs> oh, like Katie Dangercat like just to throw a name out there she was huge mm -hmm. um she still is but like when she was living here right all all the things that she did for the dance community like I really latched on to her um, and she kind of helped me transition into like a semi-professional career right out of uh, high school because of the work with House of Danger Cat and all we did um, with that addicted show. Anyone remembers the big addicted show that toured to Finland and New York? It was amazing. Um, but that's kind of the progression, like starting with my mom in this community-based project and then um, taking dance in school, which was I'm so grateful that they offered like a dance option, um, that they offered arts as options in, in, uh, in school. And then Central, really grateful for that program. And then the community, mm -hmm. that's kind of how it all happened. Were there moments when you were in junior high and high school where you pictured yourself being a professional performer, or was it just something that you were you were pursuing dance and pursuing these classes and auditioning because your heart was just telling you to? Or did you imagine yourself in this place at that age? When I was younger, I actually really wanted to be, well, first I wanted to be a model really bad. Like that's how I saw my, performance career kind of like uh, evolving, especially because of America's Next Top Model. I was like, oh, okay, I need to be on the runway, oh my gosh. And then um, that didn't pan out. And then I was like, well, maybe acting, you know, why not? Um, and then I would try, I think it was like a scheduling thing. Like I wanted to take acting classes, but I would never want to miss a, a rehearsal. Like I was so 
like dance was just the through line, the thing that I couldn't break, you know what I mean? And then, um, and then I realized when I had to make a choice in high school, right? Like, is it going to be sports or is it going to be art? It was like a no-brainer. It had to be art. But when I was younger, I really didn't see dance as um, the the thing. Like, I knew I was going to be a performer. I knew I would be on stage. But it was only later when I decided that uh, like dance would be the vehicle, you know. But even now, looking back, I'm like, well, how could I have stepped away from dance? Like, it was just this thing that, you know, uh, I always had to choose. And ha had, I say the word had, not in like a, I was forced, like, oh, you better go to rehearsal. But I, it was just in me. Like, it was just something that was always having to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm grateful for, <laughs> for like, for high school and that whole basketball, like, what do I do? And then going with that. That fork in the road. Yeah. At really such a young helpful. age, right? Really helpful. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And then, so then you, um, you know, you were already performing on stage. Mm -hmm. You're part of um, different groups. Yeah. Um, performing mm -hmm. and doing different types of dances. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get into teaching? Right. And... Right. Do you feel like that was the beginning of you realizing you wanted to be part of the dance company that you wanted to, that you are in now? Wow, um, that's a great question. Wow. Uh, I think, okay, so first I started teaching um, with Katie Dangercat. She was just wanting to run, she used to have like epic, dance workshops at the UFC. Huge, like auxiliary gym, packed, amazing workshops. And then we did our tour, the Addicted Tour, and came back and she wanted to still engage with the community, um, even though she was moving to New York. So she had us dancers who were still staying in Calgary, teach the styles that we were immersed in whilst on the tour. So for instance, like Kevin Frazier, he was like doing voguing and stuff like that. Um, Tony started teaching house. Um, and myself, there was a, we were really inspired by Major Lazer at the time. So there, right? So we, um, so there was like a, a dance hall fusion, uh, like vibe in the Addicted show at some parts. And so she encouraged me to explore that and then um, offer that to the community. So that's how I started teaching, just through Katie wanting to um, just keep the vibes in the community going, even though she was stepping out. Um, and I'm really grateful that she like pushed me to, you know, indulge in what was already my culture, something that I was well versed in, but didn't know how to teach per se. Um, so that was the beginning of that. And then Pulse opened its doors and, um, you know, I like, I was like, I would, I would love to, to teach dance hall and dance hall fusion. Um, and then kind of the rest is history as far as teaching goes. Um, I had always been, 
choreographing little things in school or in the diversity performing arts club. I was always, Rowe was kind of creating little numbers and pieces, but as far as being an instructor, that really started um, at the end of the House of Danger Cat era. As far as getting into the company, like that's a whole, that's a whole different, um, soup there, you know, <laughs> but, um, it was great to like once being uh, hired by Pulse, then stepping into, you know, decidedly jazz as a teacher, that was cool. And then I had already known of DJD prior to teaching in their studios. Um, but it was great to now be in the space and get to see the company in action. Even though I was teaching my my dance hall and my soca in the evenings, you know, I would show up early to like, see what the company's working on at like 4.30 till five, and then my class would be at 5.30. So it was cool to kind of have that crossover. Um, but yeah, like that's that's the teaching journey, mm, you know? Yeah. There's so much more. There's so much more that goes into that. Like, yeah. you know, growing up in your household, how, how you're learning the things that you then need to convey to the community. It's it's a really uh, special thing. But at such a young age, like you already had, like it seemed mm -hmm. because of the, the, sorry, you know, it seemed like you already had a clear um, idea of what you wanted, for instance, your students to get mm -hmm. out of your class mm -hmm. or what the audience would get out of your performance yeah. at such a young age. And so where does that come from? I think that that comes from um, like really loving culture um, and being so blessed and fortunate to, to grow up in a household that was um, so warm and loving and supportive, you know? Um, like it was really just my mom, my brother and I growing up. Um, but my mom made that that environment just so uh, great. So I'm really grateful for that. But that helped me to like, believe in the culture and want to invest in it because it was so, yeah, like supportive and welcoming, you know? And um, even with the work with the, like the, perform the youth groups, the performing arts groups that I was in and those like extended families that I created, that was all very exciting and uh, like fulfilling, you know, uh, a performance on the weekend at a, a community center, because let's say it was like Caribbean night or St. Lucia night or Jamaica, Taste of Jamaica, right? Like these, as much as they were gigs, they were also like family gatherings. So now wanting to teach that to the community, it was just, I just want to share what makes me feel great. Like that was really the intention behind wanting to teach and to hear from you that like it, it came off so clear. That's, that's so awesome to hear. And I think it just confirms that like the community was just an awesome place to be in, you know? Um, and I just wanted to share those good vibes really mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah I always I remembered your classes being like a party really well you it know it sounded like a party hey, it yeah. felt like a party I mean there was times where 
you booked your own DJ. Yeah. And <laughs> you brought in lights and it was a light show. And I felt like we could have just thrown sand in that dance studio yeah, and we would have been on an island. Yo, for real. <laughs> and and cause like, that's the stuff that I, like I grew up with. Like on the weekends at the, at the hall, you know what I mean? Like, so why not share that? Like that's, that's such a beautiful part of, of the culture. That's, I just wanted to highlight that. So that's so good to hear you have fun. Yeah. That you liked it. Yeah. I think everybody in that class had a ton of fun. Oh, good. Good. Uh, okay. So you talked about, I mean, like a few different people who like coached you and mm -hmm. mentored you throughout the career so far. Mm -hmm. so I want to dive into how, when you decided to audition for this dance company. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go there. <laughs> um, because I think there's a lot of um, people who want to, a lot of young people who want to do that mm -hmm. and work for and be a professional full-time dancer and probably have a ton of questions around what that's like and what it takes to get there. And maybe through your story, they can be inspired by, right. you know. Let's try. Let's, Let's do it. Okay. Let's share. Um, yeah, so. I, I finished high school and took a year to travel. And then I went to UC, it's all connects to the story, I promise. I went to UC for a year as an open uh, study student and I just was a little lost. But luckily in uh, all of that, I took the jazz class at UC with um, Deanne Welsh and uh, Michelle Moss. And, um, they introduced me to the PTP program, the Pre-Professional Training Program at DJD. And they're like, I think, I think you'd like that. That might be a better fit. And I, uh, I went and I, I think I like missed the audition for the program, which I remember being really upset about. Um, but I think because I was already training with these, uh, like, I mean, pioneers really like Michelle Moss. Hello, um, she was able to to still introduce me to Jamie Freeman Cormac, who is the AD. And luckily, that year it wasn't like the full program, so they invited me in to take uh, the jazz extension. That's what they were calling PTP that year. So then, took a year of jazz extension, and. Um, then they were gonna bring back the full program. I auditioned for that. They said, no, you do not have enough technique. Um, just come back next year. <laughs> I was really upset about that. Like, uh, uh, no, why? Um, but Jamie, so sweet, she said, well, at least take the jazz classes, you know, so you could like work on your technique and things like that still. So then I was taking the jazz classes for the first semester. And then they were like, well, well, something's working out here. Why don't you do the full program in the second semester? Uh, couldn't afford it. So I was teaching, but then forwarding my, my like salary of teaching to them. So it was like a great exchange. Um, and I'm so happy that they were so flexible to do that kind of stuff with me, um, which 
if I can say anything to any community leaders out there, like let's just support our youth, you know, because I'm really happy that DJD gave me that helping hand. Um, so then I did a, like jazz extension and half a year, which turned into a full year of PTP. And um, after doing that like half and half year, I auditioned for the company. Um, really terrible auditioner. Like I was just very nervous. Like didn't really wear the right attire. Like I think I did it in socks. I mean, it's okay, but not my shining moment in an audition, just trembling. I just remember being so nervous, but going for it anyways. Um, gotta know, thank you, see you again next year. I did, and then, like I said, I did another year of PTP, and then auditioned after that, and then got in uh, as an understudy. So all in all, that's like three years of training and trying. Um, but that's like, that's what this industry is, right? Like you, you have to try, you get no's, try again, you get some more no's, try again, you get some more no's, and then you try again, and then, you know, something um, arises, something works out. And then... I'm curious, yeah. what kept you trying again? Um, well, I, I love jazz. Um, when I was younger like my dad introduced me to jazz so i've had a relationship with um, jazz for a while uh, without even knowing its dance component which now sounds weird saying because to me jazz music jazz dance that's hand in hand that's the same thing you know um but yeah like just kind of going back a little bit um my mom's household caribbean vibes and dance, but my dad's household was like all jazz and um, musicals and things like that. So I think what kept me uh, motivated was just the passion for the art form um, and, and what it meant to me and how it reminded me of my relationship with my father. And so that that was some, some fuel. Um, and that it was hard and that it wasn't just something that I was able to master. I guess in a way, I kind of wanted to master the style, which looking back now as like a fifth season dancer, I'm like, okay, honey, like, I don't even think that that's possible, but to master something, I just wanted to be great um, at dancing the style and it's so it's so beautiful like the women in the company are so strong back then when i was watching the company dance like super inspired by them and i just wanted to be like them and move like them and so i just i just wanted to um to just keep going keep trying and also the fact that like i am not a ballerina um, didn't come up in the ballet world and so a lot of professional opportunities in the city kind of went to um, people that were really technically trained. Um, and this, this was kind of an outlet that was saying to me, you know, 
sure, technique is great, but also groove is important. And so I was like, oh, I'm groovy. I think I can do this if I just keep trying. So those, those were kind of the things that were like uh, fuel to the fire. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And so you try, try, try. Mm -hmm. No, come back again. Thank yeah. you for your time. But see you in class, though. See so you in class. class. Like, okay. I mean, that is you really know. cool that you know they they offered you an exchange. Yeah. You know, I really you, appreciated that. Yeah, and I think you know what you said earlier, like giving chances to people that have the talent, have the drive, the mm -hmm. work ethic, mm -hmm. being able to pick that out as a mentor and a coach, mm -hmm. and then saying, let's do this again. Yeah, you know, try let's, again. Let's try again. Mm -hmm. Here's a path for you. Like, yeah. you it's, want this, we yeah. can like just show it, show mm -hmm. it to us that you want it, mm -hmm. and we'll give you the path to get there. Yeah. So then your final audition, this is the audition that gets you in to the company, correct? Well, it gets me into the company, yes, as an understudy. Um, however, how they have it set up, DJD is that um, you're an understudy, you still need to audition again. Yeah, just kind of played with my mind in a bit, like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm in here already, but I still have to, to prove, um, you know, my worth, which now again, like as a fifth season dancer, you're always doing that in this industry. You're always kind of um, showcasing and and proving and um, I don't want to say fighting for your life, but in a way like there's, there's always going to be work that has to be done, you know? So looking back to, to that really emotional, like final audition, I'm like, okay, honey, like, don't worry. The work only gets harder from there, but you know, you, I can only say that in hindsight now. Um, but yeah, that I, I auditioned again as an understudy, now trying to become an apprentice. And it was really hard, but I did a great job and I got great feedback. And I got feedback from teachers that I was not even sure that they could, you know, see me in the room. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you see me working here? I know you can see me, but do you like, can you really feel my, can you feel my pain right now? Oh my God. And um, and then, you know, I, I got the feedback from those specific teachers that no, like we see you, you're working, um, good job. And that already felt like such a win. And then to have um, Kimberly Cooper say, all right, like come through, apprentice. <laughs> I was like, Balling. Oh my gosh, how many years later? But that's okay. Wow. You know, like you have to do these things and they're character builders, you know? Um, I wouldn't change anything now, looking back. Um, yeah. Um, I love the fact that you said character builder because mm -hmm. my next question was literally going to be who did you have to become? Oh gosh! To <laughs> be in this position where you can say fifth season dancer. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you talked about, you know, taking feedback, getting mm -hmm. feedback, the work ethic, just constantly showing up, um, having mentorship, mm -hmm. sacrificing your time, you know, like what, like, who did you have to be? Like, what were the lessons that you learned along that path that allowed you to become 
the person, the artist that you are now mm -hmm. to continue pushing on a different level? Well, um, I feel like I had to become someone who doesn't take anything personal. You can't, you know, like criticism can be a really hard thing to receive, but if you don't take it as like a personal attack, then you're already 10 steps ahead, right? Take the criticism, the constructive criticism, of course, right? Um, and, and go with it and grow with it. So I think that's a big thing. Um, I had to become someone who doesn't make assumptions that just because of how things are panning out, it means this. We don't know. You know, I know that there's like the fear of the unknown is so real, especially in this industry. Um, but don't assume that it's for the worst, you know, don't assume that it's also for the best, but just kind of go into things uh, neutrally. There's there's ground in that. There's there's strength in that. Right. Um, as a fifth season dancer, though, I'm able to say this. So, yeah, someone who doesn't uh, make assumptions, don't take things personally, um, trying your best, right? Like these are like the four agreements of life, right? Don't take anything personal, don't make assumptions, try your best and be impeccable with your word. I feel like those four things are the things that have me where I am today. Um, you say something, stick to it, right? Um, have meaning behind it. You make commitment, you stick to your commitment, you know, like the, these types of things. Um, simple ideas, but the, these four ideas are what really helped me get here. And I think those are like the character builders. Those are the, those are the things, Jill. <laughs> those are the things. So simple and so strong but so hard and so hard. Yeah. How many times, you know, can you think of personally that you woke up and was like, okay, I'm going to journal or I'm going to go hit the treadmill. Like I said, I was going to last yeah. night and don't do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how does that, how does that, um, how do the living in these four agreements, mm -hmm. um, how does that uh, translate into, you know, your day to day as a full time, dance company um, member? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the rehearsal space, like the process and the, within the rehearsal space, um, all of those four agreements get tested like every day, Monday to Friday, nine to five. Um, how many months are in the contract? You know, they get tested every day, but just remembering that um, these things work. And I can only say remembering that these things work just because time has passed and time has showed me that in fact they do work. So criticism comes your way. You're not doing something right. A shape is off. Sabrina, fix that. Um, do that better. Like that's not an attack. That's, that's something to build me up to help me get better. Don't take anything personal. Um, I'm injured. Uh, I'm not feeling well. I'm ill. 
will do your best and that'll be enough still. You won't leave the space thinking like, oh, I could have done better. Cause that's, that is a terrible feeling to have. Like I could have, should have, would have, you know, no regrets. I did my best, I tried. And that might just be 10%, but at least you gave 10% and you can walk away feeling, or I can walk away feeling, okay, I did my best. Um, and then, yeah, like don't make assumptions. Um, oh, you didn't get that part in, in the production. Don't make, don't assume that's because ABC, you just didn't get the part. That's so freeing. Like mentally, that's so, you know what I mean? Like um, to not be worried about, well, what if, or how, how come, or did, does, does she favor her over me? Like, no, just, I didn't get the part. And on to the next thing. Um, I hope I'm answering your question. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like all of these things get tested every day. And um, like I said, if one can just like harken back to the, to the, the meaning of all of those ideas and the lessons that help you remember and stick to those ideas. then I think uh, it makes for a great time in whatever process you're in or whatever stage of life you're in. But for me right now, that's what's helping me um, thrive in this company. Would you say that those are the things that you had to learn along the way? Because having a For sense sure. of self-awareness mm -hmm. and a knowing about how you fit into the bigger picture is there's, you know, a, I would imagine a, a sense of maturity. Mm -hmm. um, and so how did you like, when did you start becoming so aware of how these four principles that you value so much are actually allowing you to thrive? An environment where you're constantly being question tested um well some could say well it was just on monday when i figured it all out you know or last season it's it's definitely a work in progress like i don't think i've arrived to this place of like i've mastered the four principles but um Every year, I just gain more clarity on how to, on how to do all that. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a work in progress, for sure. I, I talked to my mom, who is, you know, I won't say her age on on air, but you know, like she's, uh, she's grown, and um, she's she even shares with me that she's still working on mastering these things but it's just where you are in your mastery does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah i can say that right mm -hmm. okay it's a work in progress mm -hmm. but i'm better now than i was when i was in jazz extension crying every day because i couldn't do half the stuff that like jamie freeman was teaching me you know yeah mm -hmm. how do you um how do you maintain your body and like um, what are the things that you can share with like tools and hacks of taking care of yourself so that you can be your best? Mm. Well, first thing that comes to mind is that we are nothing without our mind and our spiritual wellness. So, um, I think it's really important to make sure you, you do like your 
mental health checkups, you know, and like, uh, you know, your spiritual health checkups, because those things are off, then it's not, you know, sure you can get your leg up in the air, but it's, it still doesn't, uh, still doesn't work. So for me, um, I need to be feeling grounded and whole in those areas before I like go to the gym at nine in the morning, you know, um, at DJD, we have a pretty like extensive uh, workout schedule regime, if you will. Like um, in the mornings, they do want us to go to the gym or yoga to make sure that we're fit and ready to go. We have trainers that help us and support us. Um, you know, we can talk about like what we do at the gym, maybe like at another time, but definitely like uh, I think mental and spiritual wellness first, especially in an industry like this, where those four principles do get tested, some, like I said, on the daily, right? Um, and then physical wellness post after that. And then in post, like after a show, you also have to keep taking care of yourself, especially as we age <laughs> and... Uh, what are some yeah. things that are working for you though? Like things that, that are like non-negotiables you have to do before you hit the rehearsal floor or a class or things that you do after mm -hmm. and maybe that you didn't think about when you were 15, but are like now you're thinking back, okay, like if I did those when I was younger. Oh, uh, this would be easier. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like warm up. Um, I think strength training is something I didn't think about when I was younger. I didn't. I was like, I'm, I don't want to be a bodybuilder. Why do I need a, you know, why do I need weights? But um, you need more than just stamina and energy to be able to do. I don't even want to just say these styles. I think as a dancer, you have to be strong too. And so um, weight training is a, is a big thing that I'm getting into now. Like it is laborious to do that in the morning, nine in the morning. Oh my gosh. But um, yeah, I would say if I had gotten into it earlier, it probably would have made it like the joy, um, spark now, like, do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, weight training is something that I'm becoming passionate about. I roll, but it's important, you know? Um, and then cool down. Like there's, you have to take care of yourself after such a, like, vigorous experience you know on stage like that can be almost traumatic to your muscles you know every night like seven shows um a week like you have to also take care of yourself post so making sure i cool down and stretch didn't do that when i was 15 oh no got <laughs> off that stage went home you know um and then nutrition and things like that that's really important too so but weight training is is big. is a big one. Cool. Yeah. What are some? Can you share some of like exercises or like specific things that you do or cool down? Like, like do you take an ice cold bath after oh God, you know a long day? I can't wrap my Or you know you you chug two liters of water after production? Or you know like what is what are like some tangible things that have been working for you. Okay, well, um, I like to, 
I like to have a like a vitamin B pill before I uh, go on stage because I think it um, helps with just focus and clarity um, in a way that like when I used to just chug espresso, uh, like doesn't, you know what I mean? I think, the, <laughs> I think the espresso, I would just be like so shaky and jittery and um, yeah, vitamin B is great. Um, water, water, water for sure. Like first thing in the morning, be hydrated. It helps your muscles repair. It just gets you, it gets me for sure. Like feeling right, feeling ready. Um, you know, stretching and, and taking the time, like giving yourself the time to arrive to like feeling fully cooled down, like feeling like a closing um, after your production or day. I think that's really important too. And giving yourself the time to do that. So that might mean you're the last person in the room stretching. That's okay. Are you ready to leave this space right now? Yes? Word, good. If not, like keep bringing yourself to a close so that you can start um, fresh the next time, next round, you know? Um, those are just some things. Roll, roll it out. Roll in it, roll it Go out. Go get those massages, you know? People think that that's bougie, that's not bougie. That helps, that helps me. I, I want to get a massage tomorrow if I can, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, self-care is big in this um, in this practice. Yeah. Cool. I wish I had a bigger <laughs> list, but it's like right now, it's it's that's what those are the things that I hold on to. Yeah. I bet that's me at 27. Me at 37 I say something different. I mm -hmm. might, you know, chiropractor yeah. might yeah. start to get into play. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm what's good. what's uh what's next for you? in this journey dot dot, dot. Yeah. yeah um well i'm loving my work with uh, decided la jazz dance works um we're getting ready to go on a tour um which is like it's such a dream come true like i love traveling and i love dancing and now these two things get to come together in perfect harmony um so that's kind of the the next thing on the list is just be ready, be strong. Um, enough for this this tour of Juliet and Romeo that Kimberly Cooper has choreographed and artistic direct. Um, and then, like I said earlier in the podcast, I also dabble in filmmaking. So I want to continue to study that and um, just enrich that part of my artistic practice. Um, I'm really passionate about putting movement on film, right? So I want to just continue, um, continue in that realm. I like I made a film called Bonum two years ago, it's still playing up until this day in in certain parts of the country. So that was such a a fun and exciting and successful time. I just want to like take that momentum and create more work on film. Can you can you expand a little bit on like how you arrived at wanting to create Bonum? Like oh, for mm -hmm. our audience that's mm -hmm. listening. Mm -hmm. um, how did I arrive to want to create Bonum? I think, um, well, Bonum, the story of Bonum is, it's like a, a classic little 
folktale, really, like Good Wolf, Bad Wolf. I don't know if you've ever heard that story before, like, um, like which wolf are you gonna listen to? Good Wolf, Bad Wolf. Um, my mom told me this story very young um, and used it as kind of an analogy for positive thinking and negative thinking and which which one are you going to feed into? Which wolf are you going to feed? Are you going to feed bad wolf? Okay, well, then bad things are going to happen, right? Um, I think that's just like a simple way maybe to teach kids, like, think positive. Positive thinking works. Um, and so I just, in her leadership roles in the community, I saw how time and time again, um, she was like faced with the good wolf and the bad wolf and how she just kept on feeding that good wolf. And so I was just inspired to um, tell that story through movement. Um, and I found the right people, you know, shout out to Form in Vancouver, Festival of Recorded Movement. They were granting projects. I posed, they said, yes, I created it. Um, and I got to work with really beautiful dancers, uh, Rodney DeVerlis, Natasha Cornet, who else was in that? AJ Masodi and Mr. Uh, Aristotle Tsingani. I hope I said the last name properly, Aris. Um, and it was just like all those dancers, I look up to them, they're, they're almost like my muse, right? So it was so easy to, to um, put this story on them. Um, the story that is so deeply rooted in, in my childhood. And um, yeah, it's still like playing today, two years later, which is awesome. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really mm -hmm. cool. Um, well, I feel like I'm inspired. I'm leaving this conversation. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get off this really? podcast and just go make some other stuff happen, you know? Um, so yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. Those are some really personal stories that you mm -hmm. shared. And I really, really just appreciate you. Um, best of luck on your tour coming up. Thank you. Um, and I hope that you can come back to share some more stories. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Thank you, Cool. Jill. Thank you. Thank you.